0: You are about to hear from the depths and archives of this historically rich and yet culturally relevant institution as we seek to inspire and encourage you in your walk of faith. Get ready to hear your host, speaker, teacher, and author, Audrey Marie Hessler.
1: Welcome, friends. This is Audrey Marie, the voice of Christian Liberty. And I'm here at our campus in Arlington Heights with my producer, Dan Hartsaw and my co-host, Pastor Calvin Lindstrom. And we're uh, still social distancing here, keeping a reasonable distance, but uh, we have the blessing of being here at our studio at the Academy. And friends, often you'll hear me say, if you're in the area of Arlington Heights, we welcome you to come visit us, and we hope soon that schools will open. If you're hearing this during the original broadcast, this is the time of the COVID-19 coronavirus, sheltering in, quarantining time. And so our doors are not officially open, but you, when our doors are open, if you're in the area, come visit. We have a lot to offer here. We're a church, we're an academy from preschool through 12th grade, we're a homeschool, and we have Christian Liberty Press. And that's partly where we're going today. We're going to talk about uh, the Bible and how it is the Word of God, but it is also beautiful, beautiful literary work. And so I want to welcome my co-host and special guest, Calvin Lindstrom, who's going to talk more about that. Welcome, Calvin.
0: Audrey, thanks for a a great intro there. One thing just to add to it, uh, we would love to meet you maybe virtually, (laughs) an online meeting. If you had questions about any aspect of the ministry of the school, we would love to talk with you over uh, Zoom or another uh, software package like that. So in this day where we are more separated, there are other ways to... uh, get together, as it were. So I'll just throw throw that in there.
1: And you know, that's a creative thing that has come from this time. And that's partly what we're talking about today, the creative ways we can look at what we have at hand. And certainly for Christians, we have the Bible at hand. But uh, tell people if you meant they could uh, have a Zoom meeting with you, how would that begin? Would they call?
0: You know, they could uh, call, they could send an an email, uh, you know, look on our website for who they're trying to get in contact with. We, We do have the options of getting in touch with people, we've all been doing probably lots of Zoom meetings, yes. maybe to the point of getting yeah. tired of them. But we would always love to, especially talk with someone new and and our old friends too, of course.
1: So. Okay, we welcome everyone. ChristianLiberty.com is our website. Exactly. And okay, so Calvin, we are going to talk today about if you're home with your children, here's an avenue of what you might want to do with them. But you don't even have to have children at home; you could be an elderly person who enjoys reading the Bible, or you could be a young person, a teen, Uh, this could fit anyone at any time that they can take their Bible and look at it as not only the Word of God, which is, of course, the most important thing, but the most amazing thing is it's also a beautiful work of literary value.
0: That's right. And when you hear the term the Bible as literature, maybe if you are more conservative in your theology, that almost sounds like, It's only just literature. Mm -hmm. But I I would argue that the literary beauty of Scripture actually reinforces the theological message that it is is God-given. It is through the means of of the Holy Spirit working in human authors. So it it bears the marks of, of human authorship, and yet standing above it all is the hand of God. And you see that in the let's say the theological books i'm i'm studying ephesians i love to study the beauty of paul's writings you also see it then we're going to be focusing our attention on genesis and the beauty of how genesis is written which bears witness i would say to the holy spirit's work and you see the the unity of scripture when you do study the the literary aspects you know um Lots of scholarship wanted to divide up the Pentateuch into different authors. The uh, JEPD hypotheses, I'm sure there are others, which which basically said uh, the Bible is is almost like this glued-together book. All of these different authors, and they're stitched or glued together. And actually, when you study and you see the unity of Scripture, it contradicts that argument that, no, the stories as they stand could not be just these quilts, right? but these, uh, these beautiful garments, if we'll use the, uh, the analogy of, of clothing. So think about, uh, here, here's an example, Genesis 37, which starts the story of Joseph and his betrayal. Genesis 38 is now the story of Judah, and it's, it's not a pleasant story at all. It's Judah and his sons, his wicked sons, and his daughter-in-law Tamar. Then Genesis 39 is going back to Joseph. And there are people who, who read that and say, wow, that's out of place. Why is Judah there in Genesis 38? Actually, when, when you read it as it is given, you say, no, God is communicating something. Right. There is a, a theological lesson. There, is, uh, there are key words that are repeated in those stories which show, no, the Bible as we have it, that's exactly how God wanted us to have it.
1: And the power, you know, when you said earlier that some people think of this as just something stitched together, Uh, one of the things I've enjoyed doing in the past with students is playing that telephone game and seeing if by time you get to, if you have 20 people telling something in someone's ear, what does it sound like when you get to the last person? And it almost always has no resemblance to the first. And the amazing thing about scripture is you can go from the beginning in Genesis to the end in Revelation, and it never loses its theme. That's it's right. It's consistent. So when yes. you're saying that, if you go from one chapter in the Bible to the next and you say, well, what is God doing here? If you stick to the whole picture, you will always find out there is a wise creator behind the story.
0: Exactly. And, and that's part of, uh, when we read a human author, we assume that human author understood what he or she was doing as they wrote the book. Right. <laughs> you may not like it or, or, or you may have comments on it. The same thing is true with scripture. As it comes to us, what sounds to us and to some scholars oh that seemed out of place no let's let's think more deeply and carefully about what God is communicating so in in the example of of genesis it's the line leading up to Christ, Joseph and his betrayal Joseph is going to be a picture of Christ there Judah, and you think Judah is not the person. Of the line that's going to be the chosen line, right? And and again, read G- Genesis 38, and you say, "Oh, that's a horrible story." Uh, Judah is going to end up having relationships with his daughter-in-law; he doesn't know it, and that's going to give birth to uh, to children, and that is going to be the line of Christ. Yeah. Joseph, on the other hand, he is a, he is a faithful uh, faithful servant of the Lord. The Lord is going to use him in an incredible way, but. He's not going to be the chosen line, and and it's interesting how that comes out in the bigger story of Scripture. So if you take uh, and and my encouragement is to to our readers, read Scripture carefully. We sometimes our familiarity, we, we know these chapters causes us to not think as deeply about them, or we
1: think we know the story or, and yeah, we're we just we, we, we simplify we kind of it. We know it already.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and in this case it does uh sometimes it does help to have different translations um knowing some hebrew is helpful there are tools actually there are free tools online that could help but if you have different translations and some of it is just thinking about why is it written why is it written this way so uh for example in in joseph uh it starts out he's Seventeen years old, he, he brings a bad report of his older brothers to his father. Um, we read his father loved Joseph more than all of his children. He's the son of old age. And Judah, in that chapter, is the one advising the brothers, let's not kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let's not kill him. Then uh, Joseph, in chapter 39, there's a contrast. Joseph resists temptation where Judah gives in to temptation. So these two characters, Judah and Joseph, are brought to the forefront in these chapters. Um, Jacob and Judah, we can also say, have very dysfunctional families.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, that's true. And certainly there's a lot of dysfunction throughout all of the Bible because it's real people, Right. right? And
0: what's interesting there is Jacob laments when he knows he has lost when he thinks he has lost joseph he mm-hmm. is he is very and, and and rightfully so He he's he's grief stricken judah on the other hand at least the way the story is told judah kind of just moves on <laughs> you know a son dies okay you know we'll, we'll move on i i don't know that that's the whole story but it's it's how scr- scripture is giving us these comparisons and contrasts uh jacob tears his clothes puts on sackcloth mourns for his son many days he he refuses to be comforted um and that word comforted is important as you get to Genesis 38 it's not that Judah is without feeling uh but but it's there's a there's a interesting comparison and contrast as you look at the Jacob as a father and then Judah he's also a son but then also as uh, As a father well after the break we'll we'll look at uh, a very interesting word, and that is the word "recognize" as it is used in genesis thirty seven and thirty eight
1: um, well friends we 're about to go to break here and i 'm Audrey Marie, the voice of christian liberty i 'm with Pastor calvin Lindstrom, and we 're talking about the literary value of the Bible and god 's writings, but we know it is the Word of God, but it also has a profound literary value value. It tells wonderful stories because God knows the power of a story to reach our heart, and we know that the Bible does not contradict itself, so as you were saying calvin you've got to take some time, think it through. Read the whole story and also the whole context of it. And we want to encourage people to read Scripture. And so after we come back from break, Calvin, tell us more about where you're going with this story about Joseph's family. This is Audrey Marie. Look us up at ChristianLiberty.com. We'll be right back.
0: Hi, this is Pastor Calvin from Christian Liberty Academy in Arlington Heights. You know, in these troubling times, everybody is taking a minute to pause and reconsider so many things it may be a great time for you to ask yourself if this might not be the year that you would be able to homeschool one or all of your children. I cannot tell you the countless testimonies from parents on how homeschooling allowed them to transfer a unique portion of their faith to their child. The knowledge and wisdom of parents is transferred through closeness, intimacy. Today's students have so many different bombardments of worldviews. It might be a good time for you to help your children with your views from a godly perspective we can help. For over 50 years, we have served hundreds of thousands of families locally and across our nation and even many foreign countries. We have pioneered the modern homeschool movement, and we can help you from a single book to a complete curriculum. Visit ChristianLiberty.com. That's ChristianLiberty.com.
1: Welcome back, friends. This is Audrey Marie, and I'm here with my... Uh, co-host, Pastor Calvin Lindstrom. It's always a treat to have him here. He has wonderful insights to Scripture, and that's what we're sharing today. And friends, if you'd like some good books for yourself, or particularly for children, we are an academy here, and we have a Christian Liberty Press, and we have some wonderful Bible stories that you can buy as a parent or a grandparent or someone who knows some children who are having a birthday or anything coming up, we encourage you to look us up at ChristianLiberty.com. But today, we're just sharing some insights into the Bible as a literary work. And of course, as Christians, we honor it as the sovereign word of God. But in a, in the beauty of God's creation, he also created the Bible as a wonderful woven story. So Calvin Lindstrom, thank you for sharing this. And let's go back to where you were in Genesis.
0: We're looking uh, specifically in Genesis 37 through 39, as we mentioned before the break, Genesis 37 starts the story of Joseph. It seems to be interrupted by Judah. And you, some people say, what's this doing here? Genesis 39, it's going back to Joseph. And I'm trying to argue, no, there's, it's written in a beautiful way and it's meant to be received in the way it's it's uh, it's given to us. I'm going to talk about some key words that unite these chapters. The first The first uh, word is uh, the idea of identifying or recognizing something. Remember, Joseph's brothers conceived this plot to make it look like Joseph's been killed. They take his coat of many colors. They bring it to Jacob, their father. They said, this we have found. Please, you could translate it. Please identify or recognize whether this is your son's robe. The next verse, Jacob recognized it. It's my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. In Genesis 38, that same verb is used when Tamar sends to Judah the staff and signet and cord. And she says, uh, I am pregnant by the man who owns these things. Please determine or, or recognize who these are. The same verb. The next verse Judah recognizes them or acknowledges them. So in Genesis 37, Jacob recognizes, oh, that's my son's robe. Genesis 38, Judah recognizes, oh, that's my stuff. I'm I'm the one to blame. So that's one connection. Then the verb go down is used in 37, 38, and 39. Jacob says in Genesis 37, I shall go down into the grave to my son in mourning. In Genesis 38, Judah goes down and visits his friend, a a certain Adullamite whose name was Hira. Genesis 39, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. So that verb, go down, is used in in all three chapters. Then you have a kid and a goat. In Genesis 37, Joseph's brothers kill a kid of the goats. They dip his precious garment, uh, that coat of many colors, in blood. In Genesis 38, Judah sends a young goat (laughs) as his payment (laughs) to, to this person. He thinks that's been a harlot. So a kid and a goat. Then clothing is important in these three chapters. Reuben, in Genesis 37, tears his clothes. Genesis 38, Tamar takes off her normal clothes and puts on the clothes that a widow would wear. In Genesis 39... Potiphar's wife catches Joseph by his clothing and keeps it for proof for her lies. So you have clothing, and of course in Genesis it's an 37, exciting
1: drama. It no exactly it is, and and, that's, and friends, that's why we're telling you right, this story it's
0: been carefully, carefully written uh, to bring these things. Then, um, obviously, Joseph's garment uh, in Genesis thirty-seven is important. So clothing in these three chapters is very important. Then a comfort. Um, In in, uh, in Hebrew, it's the word Nacham. Uh, kind of an interesting word. Uh, in Genesis 37, Jacob's sons and daughters try to comfort him. He refused to be comforted. In Genesis 38, Judah was comforted. There's mm-hmm. that contrast I was telling you about. Later, in Genesis 50, Joseph brings comfort to the entire clan. And In Genesis 5, Noah is named, this one will comfort us. So you have this theme of comfort from Genesis 5 all the way through Genesis 50. God has a plan. That's that's the the interesting thing. God has a plan. It looks messy, but you see that plan told when, when you read it and you recognize there's all these beautiful connecting words. So I argue God will use his people, and yet we see Ultimately, it's God's plan which stands over man's plan. Now, Joseph will give birth to Joshua eventually. Joshua, the one who brings Israel into the Promised Land, he's of Ephraim. He's of the line of Joseph. Judah, though, even though he looks in Genesis, you'd say he's not the one God's going to use, but it's his line, right, that we know that gives birth to the greater Joshua, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Savior, yes. So... The literary beauty, I say, reinforces the theological message that we have uh, in Scripture. Joseph, we can say, he is a fulfillment of Genesis 128, the dominion mandate. He is a, a type of Christ. He is betrayed. He he almost dies. Uh, he is, in a sense, resurrected. Judah, we would say, in, in some ways, is not a very honorable character. But later in the story, though, we, we do see him demonstrating a sacrificial spirit. And there is in then throughout the rest of the old Testament, there is sort of that contrast between Judah and Ephraim between Judah. And in that sense, Joseph. So there is a, there's a beautiful bigger picture that we see in Genesis, um, Genesis 49, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes and to him shall be the obedience of the people. There are these prophecies that are given early on that we won't see the fulfillment of them until later. Uh, but that's, the, that's the, beauty, the beauty of scripture. Let me um, just share with, with our listeners what I think are, are some good references you mentioned, I, I think Christian Liberty Press. We we do produce some some wonderful books for children. I don't know that they go into all the the details right. we're talking about the depth here. of this. But uh, there's a scholar, uh, not a believer, but someone who who does pay attention to Scripture. His name is Robert Alter, who has written some very important books on how the Bible uh, uses words, uh, the beauty of Scripture. Then uh, man Dave, David Dorsey. I learned uh, he has passed away, but he has a fantastic commentary called The Literary Structure of the Old Testament. David Dorsey, The Literary Structure of the Old Testament. I think it's a rather expensive book now. Uh, I think it should be in a lot more homes. And what he does is he gives these wonderful outlines throughout the entire Old Testament showing how these are carefully constructed stories. Um, I want want to share with with our listeners, if you ever watch a, a football game, you know there's a there's a 50-yard line, that's the middle. Then on there's two 40-yard lines, two 30-yard lines, two 20-yard lines, right? And that style is in um in scripture called a chiastic structure, where there's a central point like a 50-yard line, and then around it are the the other 40-yard lines, the 30-yard lines that are all leading to the central Which point. Which can
1: go both directions. That's right. Forward and back.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. And so David Dorsey, he shows how scripture has this style you don't always see it just reading it. And some of it's just how we've been trained or just how we've been brought up. You, you could say, oh, David, I think you're reading into that there. It could be. But what I think he is showing very compellingly is, no, there is a careful order to Scripture.
1: And you know, the beauty of scripture, and Francis is Audrey Marie, the voice of Christian liberty. We're almost out of time, Calvin, but we're talking about that uh, the Bible has literary value, and you used a wonderful quote when you said, Its literary value enhances, say that it's again, its
0: theological message.
1: Yeah, and so, friends, we want to encourage you to realize that the beauty of God's word is that it is his sovereign word. He could have said it in the plainest way this is what I command you. But instead, He is a creator. It has amazing depth to it. It has the quality of literature in that the way he can develop a theme, the way he can use words. So our God is an amazing, awesome God in terms of everything he does, and that's what we're unpeeling here right now, and encouraging you during this time when, if you are still at home, that you can look back at this story again and enjoy it again for what God is saying through words, pictures, and the people.
0: You know, David maybe was the author of Psalm 119. We don't know entirely the author, but the author of that pours over Scripture of its beauty, and I think that is referring. He's he's not just referring to some of the laws, but the whole the whole of what God has revealed. It's a a beautiful word. He he meditates. He thinks deeply on it. So Psalm one nineteen, I would say, is our guide to how we we should read all of Scripture and appreciate what God is communicating to us and the beauty of how he has communicated to us.
1: Oh, I love that. Pastor Calvin, thank you for sharing this today. Friends, right now we encourage you to look back at your Bible and think of what Pastor Calvin has shared today of the literary beauty of the story, particularly when he's talking about, Joseph. And, you know, it fits so much of what's even happening today, that what we are facing in terms of the unknown, as Joseph, too, had to face that, and yet God had a whole story unfolding, and that's what's happening for his people, too, today. Thank you, Pastor Calvin, for sharing this. Friends, this is Audre Marie with Pastor Calvin Lindstrom. You can look us up at christianliberty.com. God bless you.
0: You have just heard from the voice of Christian Liberty and homeschools.org, the radio ministry emanating from our beautiful 12-acre campus and historic 200,000-square-foot building in the heart of Arlington Heights. For over 54 years... This ministry has continued to build upon the historical riches of God's wisdom and knowledge and the labors of hundreds of faithful servants. If you are looking for a God-honoring school, consider Christian Liberty Academy. Students preschool through 12th grade attend our on-campus academy in Arlington Heights, coming from a 20-mile radius. We are minutes from the Metra train line. And parents... If you are desiring to nurture your children in your home with a Christ-centered curriculum, we serve thousands of families throughout the world through our home education program and services. We have pioneered the modern homeschool movement, and we can help you from a single book to a complete curriculum. We partner with parents to raise strong, respectful, compassionate, Christ-fearing, outstanding young men and women of character and purpose. Visit ChristianLiberty.com. To find out more about Christian Liberty Academy and our excellent academic, athletic, and arts programs, our full-service homeschool program class that includes testing, report cards, transcripts, and more, plus the many books and resources produced by Christian Liberty Press and other excellent publishers. And visit us on Sunday for a morning Bible study and worship service that starts at 10 a.m. Visit ChristianLiberty.com or call 847-385-847-385. 2012.